You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I was very in character. I told everyone, because apparently there were witches. It's 1666. And they kept on saying, that man's a witch. He's speaking some sort of weird language. I said, I'm a rabbi. I'm Jewish. This is just how it works. Going for a Mad Elf at nine in the morning? <laughs> you no, should have. There's plenty in the fridge. Bar, okay. So none of us. Uh, do you really want Mad Elf right now? Yeah. All right. Well, there's one in the fridge. Go get it. I'm just glad none of us have the actual coronavirus yet. Like I'm glad that we're not dead. Well, I mean, I could. I'm riding in the city now. This is the problem, though, with how why it's so contagious is because a lot of I, I'm sure a lot of people get it and never know they had it because right, you can right. be like asymptomatic or have very mild symptoms. And then all of a sudden it just flares up and then it's there. And yeah, yeah. well, I know they, they had their first confirmed case in the city in Philadelphia earlier this week. I think it was. Right? Yeah, well, there's like uh, uh According to the governor's announcement about it being in Pennsylvania, there's right. at least one confirmed case in Delaware County. Right. And the Bucks County, five different schools in Bucks County closed because I, there had been contact with a confirmed case in New Jersey. And so it's, an, it's inevitable that it's, it's in happen. Bucks County it's just at a matter, this point. It's just a matter yeah. of when at this point. And I think that's, I just got an email from my work. We had a call uh, Friday or Thursday afternoon at 5.30 about the coronavirus. And now we have a weekly update call every week about the, the goddamn coronavirus. Oh yeah, we so. have a massive, Jeff and I have a massive email chain at our work about updating our entire yeah. public programming schedule and we had to put out a big announcement with everything on the website and we can't we can't be doing giant public events with our speakers who are in their 90s oh, well, yeah i mean that, like, would, that would take them out yeah. yeah it's just it's not it's not smart no it's yeah. not, and did you so, hear, so pence did you hear pence the kids that shook pence's hand are you all right greg Greg has had a mad elf, and now uh, he's. No, I, I have a mad elf. <laughs> he hasn't opened it yet. I feel like what? Adam. Adam skewed that data real bad. Wait, what did what did what did? Pence... Dude, you're so pissed about it. What's the matter, man? It's only nine thirty. It's not a big deal. What did what did Pence do this time? Because he looks so mad about it. I would, al- I would Sorry, also like to state that I lived in Indiana for six years, and I lived there uh, most of the time. I lived there. Mike Pence was the governor, Ugh. and um, I feel bad. Yeah, yeah you course. should. He was the worst. Terrible at running a state. Yes, that's uh, what I've heard. Yeah, um, I could go on and on about it, but I, I like to tell people that I was protesting Mike Pence before it was cool. I'm a Mike Pence protest hipster. Push your glasses up. Um, yeah, <laughs> but um, the uh, I'm sure most people know about it now because it's all over the internet. But he legitimately bungled public health in Indiana so bad that Southern Indiana had the worst resurgent HIV infection yeah. outbreak in the 
United States yep. since the 80s yep. when he was governor the, there. The Lord so will deal with that. what a great yeah. person to put in charge of the a coronavirus fucking, of response. Of a fucking pandemic. Yeah. Right. So he goes, he meets with a group of kids and he shakes their hands and they, the kids that he shook hands with were exposed to the coronavirus and those kids have now come back testing positive for the coronavirus. Oh so now it, the White House is now infected. Good. With the... <laughs> Bastards. That makes me laugh that the White House is infected. I feel bad for the children. <laughs> there were, I mean, they weren't kids. They were teenage, like not young oh, kids, but they were fine. teenagers. I don't yeah. care then. Well, unless but some of them are immunocompromised, yeah. like then. The, yeah. yeah, That's well, the thing that's... is, what's annoying about it is all the people being like, "Oh, it's not really that bad. If you get it, you'll be fine." It's like, oh okay, God. I'll, I will be fine. I am thirty, and I'm a relatively healthy person. Right. Right. Like. I'm going to be, I'm going to survive yeah, this. Yeah. It's not about me. This maybe, is a public health issue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe the White House so, is going to spin it like, oh my God, the Democrats had these children lick sick people to try to bring down don't, Trump. Don't well, speak he, that into existence. Yeah. You know someone's so, going to say he's, that. Well, he's already, Trump has already said that it's a, it's a hoax by the Democrats and CNN. Yeah. He's already said that on TV. Like what the fuck is going on in this country? No, And also like way too completely... It, if you wanted a way to make an outbreak like this worse, telling people that it's not happening is, is the way to do it because then they yeah. won't take precautions. It would be so... Vietnam uh, it basically doesn't even have an outbreak anymore because their response was so quick and so effective in terms of getting people to Hong Kong change... has only had 106 sick people. Yeah. Well, and they were just... 106? 106, that's it, it. Because there was, wow. enough, there was enough public... I mean, like in Vietnam in particular, there was yeah, enough... Uh, well, they have socialized medicine, so there's a lot of free testing and healthcare yeah. Yeah. people. And then also, they had such a really effective and swift, um, just like public service announcement about mm-hmm. how to change your behavior so this won't spread faster. And, it, and that and dope it ass song. And that yep, dope, that ass, dope song. ass song that John yeah. Oliver. Yeah, I saw that one. <laughs> yep. It's genuinely a really catchy song. And, you know, the song saved people. But um, yeah, that's but no, what they, it they, did, what it was designed to do. They've had, they were so close to the epicenter of the outbreak and they are one of the countries that's had the least problems with it because they've managed to have such a good public health response. So there is a dashboard that my work uh, sent out. It's free for everyone. It's on uh, GIS and enddata.maps.arcgis.com. And we'll link that that in the show notes, yeah. And it shows you just all of the the countries in the world and their totals. It's smashed together on a phone, but it looks much nicer on a computer. Yeah, but uh, probably spread out. Yeah, yeah, and it just has all the totals, the numbers of people who have died, people who have recovered, people who are still sick, and it's actually a very useful, yeah. uh, informative tool. Instead that looks of just, great. Instead of just listening to all the different media sources giving right outdated information, that is yeah, actually you know it's you know it's a problem when WHO. you're getting yeah. better. Uh, and less alarmist and more accurate and helpful information than from John Oliver's talk show than yeah. you are from the government. It, like it, it's crazy. Like I think the best thing for me, just to relay to anyone that's listening that hasn't been you know infected, which we probably all have, right? I mean, we all work in varying degrees of the city, so we've probably. Well, if you're listening somebody. and you are infected and need something to listen to, you should have washed your hands more. <laughs> and if you need something to listen to while you're in quarantine, go back and check out our archive right here yeah. at FoundationRadio.net. <laughs> but also, wash your fucking hands. It's really that simple. Wash your hands. Go to stay. Staples, get an armful of hand sanitizer. Yep. They sell it real cheap there. Seriously, Just, I was in there the other day. I saw oh, a couple really? with uh-huh. armfuls of hand I sanitizer. I thought the hand sanitizer had been cleared out of most places in the city. Staples. Staples. All right. Yep. Yeah. 
Nobody's thinking about staples. I don't understand why everybody's buying toilet paper though. Like that fucking makes it's me funny. laugh. That's really why funny. is everyone buying toilet paper? <laughs> okay, first off, you want your cu- you want your tushy taken care of. In Everybody the should constantly. In the apocalypse, you want to make sure you have enough shit paper. Yeah, you should constantly. Jesus. You should constantly be buying toilet paper. But for every sort of pandemic or whatever it is, you always see at least two or three people with just like mounds and mounds of toilet paper. And why? Because everyone shits. Well, yeah, but what do you need so much fucking toilet paper for? Because one day everyone you're going to have to use shits. those curtains, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness, just you wash. have three children. You know how much poop they make. That's true. That's true. You don't see people yeah. doing like arms of Doritos because like you're not always going to eat Doritos. You're I mean, always well, going to poop. I mean, I mean, if they're Cool Ranch Doritos, I'm going to eat those you motherfuckers scoop every day. That poop with the Doritos. Ugh. Oh, don't eat, it. don't eat it. Don't eat it. Oh no, God. but I mean, like to clean no, yourself. No, that's also that's also horrifying. That <laughs> well, is not. That's not better. Like, I want that strike put in show. your mind. Jeez. I like how all three of us went to the same place when Greg said that. But what? It's like dip. <laughs> Greg, you two are. Uh, no. Oh, come on, man. Then you get like. I'm back, bitches. You get like the spices on the butthole no Greg and Jeff are dressed cool ranch, identically cool. today you guys are wearing your, your cosplay fire, fire uh, flyers outfit right absolutely we're talking about uh, eight straight wins hopefully nine straight wins Boom. after today with the uh, Sabres yeah Sabres the tonight Sabres. fun game uh, the Flyers are doing fantastic mm-hmm. it is a wonderful time to be a Flyers fan after years and years and years and of years. misery. And years. A long time of misery. Yes. Right. And the team just constantly disappointing. It is very exciting to see the team come together. We've got a really, really good crop of young players. They're all meshing well together. Uh, Vigneault is a fantastic coach. Uh, Chuck Fletcher's actually made some pretty good moves at the trade deadline. Grant? What? Yeah. What? I never even heard of him. Yay he, sports. He was, on, he was on Ducks for how many years? Eight yeah, years? He, he's just Adam a, and I are just sitting over here not understanding player. what's happening. It's just, just somebody to have on that. your checking line. Yeah. What I like to do at work sometimes when I'm feeling dead, I like to open up the NHL app and just look at the stats and how they match exactly with the first place team in the Metropolitan because mm, it's fun to see. It's delicious. Oh, the best. Except the differential, which is higher for the Flyers. The best was when Good we job. were on the... Uh, it was either six or seven game, and then yep. I would look at the the stats and the standings, and you would see Flyers, seven straight wins. Penguins, seven straight losses. Nothing. Everybody mm, else uh, had it, like a losing tasted, week I had the, when we had five straight I had the largest wins. direction uh, to see that. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> it was good. It was so good. <laughs> Throb, Jeff's throbbing. It was member. throbbing. So it, I called when, it my throbbing gritty. When, <laughs> when when the Ducks beat the Penguins like a week or so ago, and it was like official that the Flyers were above them in the standings, I was like, oh god, yes! Wow, that it was, was pushed by like one point, but, but still, it's, it was worth it. Work. It's it a really cool. It. It's a really cool time to be yeah. a Flyers fan. And honestly, the, the only thing that's kind of like annoying me because I'll put on like sports radio or whatever on my way to work and kind of back because I'm not in the car long enough to like actually like listen to the radio so it's just kind of there in the background right. and you know what it, it's March nothing is happening with football no, none of the signings are happening they're all still talking about football yeah baseball's around the corner uh, but they're talking a little bit about baseball and spring training and still how the Sixers fucking blow virtually nothing on the fact that the Flyers and are the Flyers won. kicking ass that's wow. it and if they, if they, it's just if and they the Flyers lose, won. If they lose, they talk more about them. Yeah, that's, I've noticed it's, that, it's possibly because they just expect to. Yeah. yeah. Did, did you guys see the video of Gritty welcoming all the bandwagon fans? Yes. In the car, it was, that was delightful. I, I really enjoyed that. There's I thought another that was one hilarious. hitting on the on the hoverboard and Sean McIntyre or Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre. Yeah. I was call him Sean. I don't know why he's 
Fucking, I mean, he's, yeah, he looks yeah. like a Sean. Yeah, yeah I, I could see it. Drew yeah. McIntyre is just like strutting behind him. Just like, mm. <laughs> I didn't see that one. I'll have to check it he out. The, yeah, he was at the game. I heard, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. During one of the breaks, they had him like talking. They're like, hey, you're going to get out there and uh, be a Broad Street bully? He's like, I don't know how to skate. So if you just throw him to me in the corner, yeah, sure, I'll beat up some players. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, this is delightful. Let me banter. hold on to yes. the boards while I'm just like punch him in the face. Sure. All right. But I'm glad that you brought up the whole aspect of bandwagon because there's this this divide yep. in you know Philadelphia sports which I don't agree with is that okay so a whole bunch of people are going to hop on the bandwagon and be Flyers fans you know what cool come Whatever. aboard yeah. come come to us i want you on the bandwagon i want more people talking about make the some, fact that the Flyers are doing well yeah Make, like, some, make some more fucking noise at the games. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Like, yeah why, that, why would you not do that? That's what Philadelphia yeah. is known for. If you you wa- go to an Eagles game and you you just feel the sound. I, I'll like, teach you the etiquette of it, how yeah. to be yeah. a Flyers fan on the bandwagon on our way to the There's game. There's one rule. It's called fuck the pens. That's it. Two. And uh, respect Gritty. He is, and respect he is, the Gritty. He's the blessed one. Yeah. Respect Gritty. This is true. And hate penguins. Not just the team. Even if you just see a random penguin, spit at it. Yeah. Just so, a, a, like the bird. So, are people really as rabid as they make it sound? Because I no. hear a lot of shit all the time about the bandwagon stuff. Like, are they as are they as rabid? Like, oh, you're not a fan. You're not a real fan this because is, you haven't watched this the whole fucking time. This you is know? such like, a thing in like literally every fandom, it is. though. And I think it's mostly a vocal minority, but they get so loud, and it's it's one of yeah. those things that has always made I can me realize. Them too. In yeah. almost every single yes. every, minority, me, I, or it's, not minority, oh, yeah. but group, I believe. I know what you meant. Uh, almost, it's but one of those things that has made me realize how much sports fans is just like literally any other fandom, though. Yeah. Because like... What are you talking about? Yeah, well... <laughs> Nerd! Yeah. yeah where's, where's Joe <laughs> but, for this? Yeah. The, the, no, but it's like true. Like, you, guys are, are you guys are wearing your Flyers jerseys today, and it's like, oh, yeah. but you're cosplaying your favorite player. Dude, if, right? I was co- like, if I could be Eric Lindros, yes. Yeah. Uh, which is exactly what people who show up at sci-fi conventions and dress up like their favorite character do. Yeah. Or um, the bandwagon thing reminds me. Oh, you're What's both, happening? They're both wearing nerdy shirts under their flyers. Double fan. Yep. So, there you yeah, go. Yeah, we got some D and D repping here, and some then dice. Uh, some Silver. dice, and then some some Star Wars. Yep. Um, would have been funnier if I wasn't wearing a shirt and was just like, look at my nipples, guys. <laughs> I was, that's what but, I was kind of expecting. But both yeah. D&D and Star Wars are good examples of there being that kind of vocal minority that is so mean to new people. Oh, like, right. Uh, with D&D in particular, I think recently there's been a lot of popularity with Dungeons & Dragons um, since 5th edition came out. And a lot of the new players are people who um, have gotten into the game through listening to podcasts or watching live play streams on places like Twitch. So things like the Adventure Zone podcast or Critical Role and stuff like that. And there are so many of these old school D&D fans who are like... They just shit on they them. They shit on them so much. Like, oh, you know, you only you only learn to play through watching this. You're not a real player. You don't understand the rules. Like, you're ruining the game for the rest of us. And it's like, come on. Let, As, why are you sad that right. more people are playing D&D and it's less stigmatized than it was? Well, you before. have more right, people right. to play with. Yeah, yeah. You, also, you now have more people to play with. Why on earth are you being so or they're unwelcoming? Not, or they're yeah. not playing with you, so who cares? Exactly. Like, oh, I don't like the I don't like the gaming style of blah 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 blah. It's like okay, then don't, no then don't play, play at their table. Game. There's right. no centralized like, game. Like if somebody is playing amateur hockey, and somebody oh. Th- th- that's not how you shoot. Like this is how cr- this is how fucking Giroux shoots. So you gotta do it like that. Like this is how Bobby Clark used to skate. You gotta do it like that. Like uh, no, you fucking idiot. Just because like some really good guys did it at one point in time doesn't mean that everybody Everybody's after them has to do it the same way. Well, the thing yeah, with right. well, the thing with 
But there's D&D. no centralized D&D yeah, well, universe. Because you can right. play it so many different ways. Like, Greg, you've played with Sorry. me. It's okay. Um, I had a brain fart. Both Greg and Jeff have played with me. And I think yes. I probably run... Oh, I'm a dungeon master. I probably run a much more... Um, narrative focused less number crunchy game i yeah. would say right so the older like, versions are much more number crunchy yeah I and like. i played games that are more number crunchy yeah. with dms that are more number it crunchy fun. it's fun it's not really as much my thing but also like that's great that they want to do that and they have fun doing that right. like i'm not going to tell people to not play a more rules lawyer heavy like dungeon crawly style as, now as i remember my who, thought who actually admittedly begrudgingly admittedly is a rules lawyer i don't like it that i am sometimes but i have to like hold bite my tongue and just like shut the fuck up um but i as somebody who also started playing with the more number crunchy versions i prefer the new fifth edition with new players i don't like other people who have started with uh past editions and now they're still bringing that mindset into this because it's a newer edition. It is like fifth edition is more narrative based. It's more it's accessible. It's yeah. more accessible why to do you just think a wider audience. Why do you think it's more point, popular? Right? It's That's because it. more people can. Right. It's yeah. not as intimidating to get right. into. You don't need to be able to do a ton of math and uh, and memorize all the rules to play five. You also shouldn't right. be angry that something that you were kind of stigmatized for playing has become right. more accessible because one that legitimately means somebody is not going to kick your ass walking down the street because you're wearing a D&D shirt now. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, well, and then the other thing that. from my perspective on this is like as someone who did actually start playing in some of the older I've been playing for a long time mm-hmm. I'd see no difference between this and people who used to tell me that I wasn't a real player because I was a woman. I think they've just like shifted their their gatekeeping goalposts right, right right it's like they're still it's what it is is that they don't want a certain category of people playing the game right and right. they're they just keep coming up with new reasons why it's okay that they're shitting on these people for yeah. playing i like the term like, i like the gatekeeping term because I, yeah. I, I i it's it's fascinating to me like i guess as a as a, a star trek kid growing up like i felt like i was a huge minority in that you know like everyone really like star wars but star trek was a very like pocketed very Star Trek is dope it's dope yeah. right and like my whole thing was like I want to share this with other people and I want I want people to enjoy this with me but I don't there's no one to enjoy it with because it's not really in in vogue right now that there's at so- the same time everybody is at home every night watching Next Generation at that's that what point I'm saying because that right. show is it was a massively yeah. popular amazing. Show too, right yeah. and that's what I, I could never figure out and it, it's just like my my thing is always I've never been an exclusionary kind of person. I always want everybody to be involved. I want everybody to be as included and as encompassed in this. But I think doing things like gatekeeping is is just a crock of shit. Like you said, it's just a, it's a way to keep pe- certain people and certain segments out of the game or out of what you're doing, and it's it's frustrating. I think it comes a lot of times from people thinking that they're they they they've attached their identity to liking this thing so much that it starts to feel like a threat if other people like it in a different way. Right. And right. a lot My of ways the- different. Yeah. No. It's well, right. and I mean, look yeah. at look at the different because this is uh, another great example is like the different generational waves of people hating and or loving different versions of Star Wars and right. calling other people not real fans for liking was, this. Yeah. Me- the wrong this messed with me for a Star long Wars. time because yeah. I used yeah. to be in that camp of I was a very very vocal opponent to the prequels. I thought they sucked. I still think they suck, but it. It really took a couple of years ago for me to finally realize that because there's this huge resurgence with with the popularity of the prequels, these are all kids that have finally grown up, and this is the Star Wars right. that they watch. Right. And 
I should not be shitting on people who like something as a kid. I liked Star Wars as a kid. And it was that moment of like, oh my god. I'm the bad guy. I've become Darth Vader. I've become no, Darth. I am the Senate. The person I swore I would not become. I, yeah. I now am. Yeah, and it's it's the same idea in. You were supposed to destroy the Sith, not join them. It's the same idea in pro wrestling, right? I talked about it last uh, two or last week when I did a I did sure. a little special episode on on Goldberg and the Fiend. Like, there's this huge influx of people that are just flipping out about the fact that Gold. I mean, it's still going on, right? People are still pissed about the fact that Goldberg beat the Fiend, and well, they're all this. And and you know, some just read something this morning on Twitter about some guy that was you know having a bird because you know some, what did he say he said uh, when you you have brain cells working and you realize a part timer showing up and giving being given the belt by feeding in Bray Wyatt um, in order to fight Roman Reigns isn't what's best for business and it's like first of all dude you're a neckbeard second of all what the fuck are you talking about best for business do you work in the industry have you ever created a storyline that fits a narrative of some kind in a multi-billion dollar industry third of all shut the fuck up man if you don't like it then change the channel nobody cares do you know what do you know how happy people were that Goldberg won the belt? They, he has the highest liked photo in WWE history on their on their Instagram page. Almost 900,000 likes on this photo when he won the belt in Saudi Arabia. Because That's he's massive. the best and a friend of the show. That's what I'm saying. And it's not even just because, I mean, he is, but it's not even just because he's a part of our lives. It's because he is an established brand, right? You could talk about all these different things about different characters and, and building new storylines and all this thing, but like people clearly are responding to this, right? It's the same thing like the prequels. You can compare it to that. Like, my kids love the fact that Goldberg won the belt because he's fucking Goldberg. Also, that's the point. Where the fuck was that guy? That reminds me of the story about the guy who talked shit on Goldberg. We'll come back to that in a second. Go ahead, Greg. Where was that guy on Twitter when Brock Lesnar had the WWE championship for 10 fucking years? He was probably sitting on the bench. Probably shitting all over that, too. He was going back and forth from USC, and he would just show up and get the belt and sit on it. And that was it. And what you're saying about like, oh, but have you ever run a like the, done a storyline like this and blah 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 blah? Yeah, and you know when when franchises start to falter and make mistakes is when they listen to the demands of the overly loud minority of fans. All of the problems I had with Rise of Skywalker, which we did an episode about that, right. I mostly liked it. All the problems I had with it, I think, were down to the uh, Disney execs really making the mistake of trying to listen to and respond to the toxic anti-Last Jedi fans. Look at the DCEU. They shit the bed because they got so scared of the reaction from Batman versus Superman that even though it was a shitty movie, they completely went, oh, oh no, we need to do, we need to completely change everything. And it was too much involvement. The studio got involved. It was trying to placate the fans. Yeah. And by the time that an actual decent movie like Justice League came out, it wasn't great. It was decent. Like, it didn't fucking matter because everybody's like, I'm done with this. You just... Well, and the other thing is, when, is once okay. you've decided you're going to, like, listen... Awesome. Once, you've just, once you've decided you're going to listen to the fans about something, okay, which group? Because right. there is, especially for a giant property like Star Wars or something like that, there's not one unified group with one opinion here. Right. Like, you had people who loved Last Jedi and liked a lot of aspects of it, and they got a little bit shat on by Rise of Skywalker yeah. with things like, where the fuck is Rose Tico in that movie? I love that character in Last Jedi. Right. I'm I'm clearly not the fan they were catering to. And it really, if you if you start focusing on, well, what do the fans want, you're in, you're 
as much as you are going to, tr- uh, you're trying to make people happy, you will alienate other people. Like there's no winning. There's you, none. You need to Absolutely ignore none. that kind of feedback and just do what you were going to do in the first place. And that's a lot of things that like, I listen to a lot of pod. There's a lot of great podcasts about pro wrestling and things. I hate to keep tying it back, but I, that's my, my thing. That's, with, that's you know, your fandom. Yeah, that's, that's my fandom, you know, right? This, and it's, I like that we're able to tie like the flyers and pro wrestling and Star Wars and DVD and, uh, together it, here because they, they do have this in common. It's right. It's, it's yeah. amazing it's how like these. we're all here to talk about we're all stuff together. that we like. And we're going to broadcast this uh so it's it's for me it's like vince mcmahon's always in a no-win scenario right so if you listen to one person you you put the belt on kofi kingston as the wwe champion because everybody wants it everybody's involved in kofi mania last year and it's fucking awesome and he's gonna win the belt and then he puts the belt on him and then everybody's pissed because you're not giving him enough chances to 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 fight people and you don't have enough opponents well uh, Okay, but you wanted the belt on him, right? Now you have the belt on him, so be happy that he's the champion. Yeah. Oh well, then he gets fed to, to Brock Lesnar, and Brock Lesnar beats him in ten seconds in the first, you know, Friday Night SmackDown, and now everybody's pissed because Brock Lesnar has the belt again. Well, what like you didn't want Kofi Kingston to be champion ten minutes ago, and now that Brock Lesnar beat him, it's just like it's just fucking madness, right? They don't like, know what they want. And I talked, like I said, I talked about this. I summed this up in the episode that I did a week ago, but like. There is just absolutely no pleasing anybody in this industry. There's no pleasing any no. any section or segment of this fandom no. because Vince McMahon, Zero. he could put the belt on Goldberg and he's going to piss off all the people that want the Fiend to have the belt. Or he could keep the belt on the Fiend and then book himself into a no-out situation if he's trying to get – if he's trying to drive the narrative, right? One of the things I love so much about these storylines, even with Dungeons and & Dragons and Star Wars and pro wrestling and everything else, uh, it, when you, you have a three-story arc, right? You have a beginning, middle, and end. Eric Bischoff talks about it all the time. You have a beginning, a middle, and an end. If you are trying to get to an end point, but you have this giant situation in the middle that you can't book yourself out of, how the fuck are you going to get out? It's just it's 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 so frustrating to be a fan of this and try to listen to people get so worked up about it and yeah. so it's just like it's why it's really hard yeah. to be a part of internet fandom. Yes, these days thank you. Because if you're trying to just enjoy a thing, do not listen to what other people are saying. No, about it on the just go enjoy it. There's so many people who I think genuinely they think that they're in, with the enjoyment they're getting out of it, and may, maybe they are getting genuine enjoyment out of it. I don't know, but I think what they've decided and they've and they've cultivated a sense of being angry at this thing is how I enjoy it. Yeah, I think it's right. angry right. and making other people upset because they do yeah, it's enjoy like a, it. It's like some sort of weird drug they're on about just like constantly shitting on a thing. And to be that's more specific, they, though, for yeah. Adam's point. Yeah. Uh, so I have been watching uh, WWE Raw on Hulu just like a few episodes a night. They're like. 90 minutes or an yeah, it's, hour it's about, it's, it's I think Raw's about yeah. three hours. Yeah. It's like two a night. So I'm watching it pretty regularly. I think one problem for these people who get angry at it is that they only have it once a week, so they have to stew on it for six other fucking days. And they don't get that just like condensed version of the story that I am receiving. And I don't give a shit who wins at all. All honestly, I just like all of it. I'm gonna call BS on that because I have to wait a week for Clone Wars, and I'm still not stewing over everything like that. I had to wait a week for the Mandalorian. There's some people who are more vocal and angry about it who stew on it. It's the TV format. I have to wait a couple days for the next Flyers game. You're a higher person, but you feel invested in the storyline, right? You feel invested in the fact that the Mandalorian's coming back and the situations that are happening with Baby Yoda, right? You feel invested in something in the storyline, right? That's you moderately yeah i mean for me like i want to be invested i want to be fully invested in the story i want to be fully invested in the matches i want to be fully invested in everything that's happening but when i get on twitter twitter is the bane of my existence every time i get on twitter there's 16,000 tweets that are coming at goldberg there's 16,000 tweets that are coming at the fiend that's the other thing too everybody talked about how boring the fiend matches were once he became champion 
Now it's like now we want him to be champion Twi- again. Twitter like, come is, on, give me a fucking Twitter break. Twitter is genuinely give me a fucking of, break, man. Twitter is genuinely one of the most toxic social media platforms for things like fandom yeah. because there's no differentiating between like anybody's like you can sometimes when people like things more it'll show it'll c- crawl up the comments and like right. be that but often it isn't and somebody with no followers and no one really even agreeing with them or something their opinion will show up and be given just as much weight as yes. like it somehow gets fed to the top it's, right it's like I, democratized opinion shouldn't be a bad thing necessarily but sure it's, like, it, but it's just a lot of people with bad intentions and i mean this happens if we're talking about politics as fandom true which you could yeah. this happens with politics too and there's a like a reason why trolls and people who take things way too far and are awful are are, are such a, ba- a big problem in politics twitter right even if right. it's not necessarily representative of most of the people supporting a certain candidate and i'm not talking about trump here all people who support trump are terrible but <laughs> you know with the democrat <laughs> primary for instance objectively terrible there's just yeah. a lot of people on twitter who are like hey i have been you know constantly harassed by people who are supporting this candidate and other people will be like yeah but most of us don't do that and it's like okay but it's happening and then it's like well supporters of this other candidate have harassed me and i'm like i believe both people and, yeah. probably that is all happening the problem I'm sure is, it is the problem is twitter yes yeah that there's a one common theme there yeah i just okay I, so I, i'm basically just gonna say something that i want to talk about great in terms of fandoms you're evolving tastes in them Mm. Yes. I, oh, okay. I, yeah, there's a good thought. I will say that Greg knows me from way back in the college days and uh-huh. how I used to wear a Doctor Who coat all the time. Yeah. I still love Doctor Who. It's really yeah, the pen. awesome show. Uh, the sonic screwdriver. Sorry, sorry. But it was a it doubled as a pen. It's not nearly as convenient. important in my life as other fandoms that I have are now. It's, sure. It's, I wouldn't say sure. it's necessarily a phase thing. Like I still like it. Right. But it's not something that it. I'm so identified with that it's so integral to my identity now. Same thing with Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, like Battlestar Galactica. Same thing for me. But that's I was the other thing super about, into like, it. Now it's levels of fandom is like it should be okay to just be a casual fan of something, absolutely, and enjoy it and not know everything about it and constantly feel like you have to justify your, your enjoyment fandom. of it right. by being able to answer trivia questions. I, yeah. I had to do this exact fucking thing because in middle school. I had a patch of Green Day on my backpack, and this group of kids came up to me. I still know every single one of their fucking names. I'm not going to name Don't them. Don't name them. Yeah. I'm not going to. They're pieces of shit. Tell me what happened. But so they started asking me, like, who's the lead singer? What's the best album? What year was it made? Who produced it? Who was the drummer on blah, blah, blah? I was like, I don't fucking know. I just like their music. I saw a patch in a store and I bought it. Why why do I need to quantify this? Yeah. Yeah. And even if you'd been able to answer some of those first questions, like they definitely would have gone into more and more of like who produced it. Right. Even even a lot of hardcore fans of a band don't know who produced an album. Like come on. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Finally, like this this went on for a few weeks. Like I, I felt like I was getting bullied on this. And finally I just went like why do you care so much? How much time do you spend reading their albums? Like, right. what are you doing? They were looking for a reason to just break your stones. They yeah, were looking for like, a reason to be dicks do, about don't it. Don't yeah. like you do your homework or like read a book or like go play a sport. What was or, this, middle school? Yeah. Nobody does homework in middle school. Yeah, let's yeah, be real. Fuck, I, fuck I mean, that. the same thing with me when I was around like middle I mean. school when I was really, really beginning to enjoy Led Zeppelin because my mom's like, yeah, listen, yeah. whatever you want. And like, people are like, well, who's the lead singer? Well, how long is this song? What, what album is it on? I'm like, who cares? Who yeah. gives a fuck? It's yeah. I'm just going to put my headphones back on and listen to Robert Did you pop Robert out of their butthole or something? As, like, a, as a woman who enjoys comic books, 
there's a certain segment of comic book fans who are the worst. Oh, you mean like 85% yeah. of them? I was about yeah. to say like 80, I don't, 90%. I don't, want to, I don't want to paint everyone in the same brush because my comic book store guy in Bloomington, Indiana. Leave 10, 15% at, out. At, sure. at, uh, if anyone lives in Bloomington, Indiana, go to, um, uh, what was the name of the store? Something Phoenix. It's great. It's a great comic store. That guy was awesome. And he new people would come in and they'd say, oh, I know I've never really read. I witnessed this happen. I've never really read comics before. And they sound so nervous. And he's like, oh, you know, well, what are you interested in reading? And he'd bring them over the wall. And like, if you if you want really cool art, here's a great place to start. Or if like right. you're more interested in the story. And I was like, and that was my first experience in the shop. And I was like, thank God. There was because, someone like this. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I had really wanted to go back to reading physical books, but I had done digital for a while because I just could not find a non-toxic store. Yeah. And then some of these shop owners are like, why don't I have business? And it's like, because you're not welcoming to your yeah, customers. Exactly. And the customers like, that you have there are not welcoming to new customers. Vintage yeah. Phoenix. Yes, Vintage Phoenix. Thank you Look so much. Up, vintage Phoenix. If anyone lives in Indiana. Bloomington, vintage, Indiana. Bloomington, Indiana. Vintage Phoenix Comics. They also have a really adorable, um, just Facebook account that is fun to follow even really? though I don't live there. Yeah, because I think the guy gets bored in the store, so he like makes up little storylines about <laughs> things that have happened. And anytime it snows, he tries to like compete to see if he can be the first one on his block to shovel in front of the shop. Oh, and he posts funny. a picture like, I did it again. <laughs> I'm, I'm really now glad. I want to go, go follow this guy. Well, yeah, I love really it. I'm really awesome. glad that you brought up the sexism sure, in a lot too. of these fandoms. Yes. Because honestly, one, it's, it's really disgusting, but all right. Guys out there in fandoms, whether it's, you know, Flyers, Star Wars, whatever, if there's a girl who likes this stuff and it's something that you also like and she's into you, just marry her. Yeah. Like, <laughs> or if she's not into you, you just, just like, be her friend. Just yeah. let her just yeah. Let yeah. be a part of it. Yeah. Let, like, like, yeah. Just let, enjoy the thing. Let people yeah. enjoy what they enjoy. Also, like, come on. You, it's a shared interest. It's, yeah. It's, why it's, I know it's, talking, it's so I know talking to girls can be difficult and this yes. is not the nerds don't know how to talk to girls. It's just, it, it's very difficult regardless like, I mean, I think it's hard to talk to girls because I'm into girls. Like, it's hard to talk to people you might be interested in. I exactly. get it. Yeah. I, get I get it. it. Just yeah. don't be creepy. And, you know, with the sexism don't be thing, a jerk. I 100% yeah. think that a lot of the backlash against the quote-unquote new fans of D&D with 5th edition is sexist, racist, and homophobic. Because yes. a lot of the people who are coming to playing the game through things like these podcasts are from more marginalized communities because the game, the podcast games uh, or the live stream games tend to be more sort of just open and inclusive. And frankly, right. fifth edition just is more open and inclusive yeah. too. They, they made a really big effort to try and correct some of the gate, the earlier editions, like frankly, really horrifying racism. Just being really, different. yeah. I mean, if, if you look at the history of like the drow elves, I sound like such a nerd. No, go for uh, it. Like, go for it. I know where you're yeah, going. This yeah. is a, this is a, this is a <laughs> open forum. It's a safety so here. You're they good. They show up in Second edition, yes. first, right? Yeah, um, Drow, and they're the Dark Elves. I think they're literally called the Black Elves when they first oh, show up, and it's the evil counterpart to the Elven race. That's messed they, up. They oh, show God. up first as a monster. They are elves with they're subterranean elves who have black skin and white Ooh. hair, and in a very se- they live in a very sexist matriarchal society where men are oppressed. It's it's a mess. Jesus. of terrible they're also so it's, it's bir- it's, so, yeah. it's, so it's birth of a nation meets Dungeon and oh, Dragons. Yeah. Essentially, yeah. Yeah. really really bad. I'm so and glad nothing like that will ever happen in Star Wars: uh, The Trade Federation. Uh, uh, can we talk about how but, racist but, those characters are in a second? Uh, yeah, yeah. But the I think the the fifth edition is not it didn't it didn't totally fix it, but I think no, that someone they, realized there was a problem. Yeah. Because now Drow are a player race yes. subvariant of elf. They are not always evil. Like that's right. not a thing that they have to be. The matriarchal society stuff is gone. 
Um, and they the, the skin tone thing is like anywhere from like light gray to yeah. dark purple, and oh it's like God. okay. Oh, so they gave a, they gave <laughs> yeah. a, they gave a smorgasbord. Yeah, yeah. Jesus and so they, Christ. Like, and the un, the unfortunate thing is the idea of like subterranean elves who are like it's such a cool idea. They're so it is. They worship a spider Yeah, there are nuggets of it that are a super cool idea, yeah. and I've been wanting someone to fix it for the, so long. The, the slavery aspect was always <sighs> yeah. to me like oh the, my God. It's, they're, it's, they're, oh, they're literally it's the, the only race in D&D that enslaves other people. Oh, yeah. That God. isn't like a, an arch fiend or something, like a, a widespread. From the hells or something. Yeah. yeah. Oh it's God. really, and it's like. But they're, now, they're, now you have characters that are Drizzet, uh, Draxdell, Hare or something like that, and Waterdeep that are drow yeah. that are good guys. Or even literally, frankly, again, and I'm going to be just like pimping out critical role here. Yeah, they have do done it. such a great job of redeeming the drow in their recent campaign. And the, the critical role. I don't know. People, I think they're evil, actually. So I no I do I totally uh, disagree no they're more that is a that Adam is a, the break queen. when they're talking no, about drow no, is, is it a, bad that the only uh, thing that that's is going a, through my head that is, is thinking of Ben compl- Chang in Community when he's <laughs> dressed up like but that's but that's referencing <laughs> the, I, am, that's I know I am referencing this Brutalitops the magician no, yeah yes. I just keep I, thinking I, about I, that oh wait that but, that's an actual reference in D and D though yeah yeah. Oh shit! That just that just connected in my head. Yeah, like that. that Seeing was, this in live time. That was that it's was amazing. community calling out D and D. Yeah. No shit. For how racist that Pier, is. I think it was yeah. Pierce ended up calling him Al Jolston, right? Yeah, he yeah, said something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Calm if, down there, Al Jolston. Listen, right. listen okay, if you no, if you've never seen the episode of Community where they do Dungeons and Dragons, the very first it's one, it's fucking it's brilliant. It watch it. Uh, just watch it. Yeah. No, but I actually want to say the fact that you can say, oh no, I think that that the elves, the drow civilization is actually the bad guy in that show and I say no I totally disagree I think that's way more morally ambiguous than that yes is like that's kind of the point is that they're not like out there just being evil they right. have their own society with its own rules and it's really well developed and, and like they have the same kind of problems with power and authority and abuse of power as the human civilization in the same game does as who I think the human civilization is a, a lot more evil but anyway I think they're actually watch these two talking yeah. about D&D but anyway, all day anyway, yeah. but anyway just like saying. The the new book they're put the critical role people are putting out an official Dungeons and Dragons campaign guide with Wizards of the Coast soon and they're like their whole structure Adventures of Drow society the more complicated one is going to be official D and D lore now I and I'm see. very excited about that because I I still think it's not I don't know if you could ever actually totally fix the Drow like it's one of those original I was gonna sins say, of fantasy things yeah it's but it's is rough. It, is, now yeah. would this be considered retconning that or like what how does no, that work is it just there's, there's a different addendum. campaign setting so there's like Dark Sun Forgotten Realms, Planescape, um, Planescape Dragonlance. There's different oh, Dragonlance. realms. I would, I would love if they brought back Dragonlance. Essentially, it's the same. It's the same races. It's the same classes. Right. But they just have different interactions with each other. Yeah, like like the, humans might be exorbitantly evil in this one setting. Got it. Yeah. But they're actually really, really heavenly nice in this setting. Honestly, I see. the way yeah. that the way that D and D could maybe more officially fix it would be if they totally changed and updated the drow in the Forgotten Realm setting, which is yes, the main one that they the main, have not yeah, really done. Yeah. But um they're, it, they're trying yeah. to skirt it towards. They're not that evil, guys. Some of them are assholes, I mean, sure. They also but are just being better race. about like acknowledging that humans can be not just white men right. in D and D. Like yeah. the, the, the human yeah. example in the player's handbook for five E is a black woman, and it's like that was. Great decision. Like, yes. The, like, acknowledge the, that humans are diverse. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. the, the monk like, is a black woman. Um, I think. Who else is? Uh, the the. I feel like the warlock is a Asian woman. Yeah, like they just. Something I think like, like the, that? the they really deliberately the, the with like is, the art in Five E yeah. were sort of saying like. 
It's different. Yeah. It's different because the first one is just a bunch of white dudes, different races. Yeah. To a certain extent, it might have been kind of a conscious business decision because like you want your game to be something that more than just white dudes can see themselves. Yeah. Yeah, Because, you know, it is, it's just make believe and making up a story with your friends. That's, that's what D and D is. So anyone should and can, can and should be able to play it. And it's nice to see like the actual official platform of the game agreeing with that rather than just like if, I still have my old 3.5 rule books and I look at them occasionally and look at the art and it's like, oh my God, like no, no disrespect. Like I love art generally and I don't like want to judge, but it's all like really weirdly sexist and like, it's just, it yeah, is. yeah, it's uh, now let me ask, I, I know you seem like a very knowledgeable individual about Dungeons and Dragons. What's it like for someone to mansplain okay, to you? Dungeons and Dragons, because I'm curious about because I get that a lot as a as a even as a, as a male, I yeah. get mansplained a lot about photography, right? So a lot of times, like when I first did my initial concerts, like I did, I shot Run the Jewels and I shot John Mayer. I shot those in film, so I, I never. Jewels, I was there. I was you, holding your bag. It was, it was amazing. Yeah, people tried to push but past me. I'm like, no, I'm working. It was amazing, <laughs> no, and like working. they, I I was curious to see about how like. It, I never go into something assuming that somebody know, like does or doesn't know anything. It's like, hey, I'm shooting film. If you want to talk about it, you know the mechanics of it, you can do it. If not, then I'll, I'll just kind of, you know, we'll talk and, and talk about these things. But, like, how frustrating is it for you to be mansplained to about Dungeons & Dragons or even something that you are, you know, like, uh, and is it worse in fandoms? Yeah, it is worse in fandoms. It's incredibly frustrating. Uh, and it's why it's very hit or miss for me to play public games. Okay. Yeah. Uh, because... So my favorite class is wizard. I think I've talked about this in this podcast before. Possibly. Probably. Yeah. Uh, my Sounds favorite class familiar. is wizard and wizard is definitely one of the more complicated classes to play. Uh-huh. Uh, just spellcasting in general. And I have had really great experiences playing in game stores with my wizard character. Mm. I've had really terrible experiences playing in game stores with my wizard character where the DM assumed I wouldn't know what I was doing. Really? And kept trying to tell me what to do next and judging my spell choice and Yeah. The whole time. Yeah, and yeah. it's like I and or like it's, I would I would say, oh hey, I'm gonna do this, and I, it needs blah blah blah. And he, the I'm thinking of one guy in particular, one experience, like he would try to correct me about um, something to do with the distance or some other mechanic of the spell, right, and I was right. like, no, I. I know that it's actually this. And he's like, well, we need to look it up. And I'm like, I don't think we do. Yeah. <laughs> I wow. think I know what I'm talking about. And I was right. But like, uh, and it's, uh, I think that it was interesting. I, I took an online uh, questionnaire recently from uh, someone who's doing their PhD about Dungeons and Dragons fandom. Uh-huh. And specifically, she's, I think, was researching women's experiences. And so it was a lot of questions like, how long have you been playing? Blah, blah, blah. blah. And like one of the questions was like, uh, have you experienced sexism while playing D&D? And it's like, yes. Uh, yeah. Because... I was a teenager when I started and most of the other players were guys. So of course I did. Right. Right. And uh, it was like, well, how did, and then the next question was like, how have you tried to address or solve this if in any way? And I was like, oh man, I think I took the easy way out because my solution was just to become a dungeon master. Like smart. Yeah. If Cause I'm, now you can control if it. I'm right. running yeah. the game. Then no one can be a dick to women. Right. <laughs> yeah, that makes I'm, sense. I am, and if someone is disrespectful to me as the dungeon master at my table, Everybody should respect me telling them to leave as the DM. And right, that has nothing right. to do with, like, you know, that's um, that's that's the DM being final authority thing. You have a lot more power in that. And, right, and chances right. are if yeah. you're a player sitting at a table and you willingly and knowingly sit at the table and there's a female DM, you're going to respect her either way. It doesn't matter about her sex or yeah. wh- whatever. It does it. Just doesn't yeah, you I've just see them as the DM? Um, They're in control. That's I've been it. thinking about trying to do more public DMing because that's something I've done a lot less of. I've done more public playing. Um, and um, 
uh, I know that PAX, like PAX Unplugged in Philly, you can uh, get some like free stuff if you sign up to DM because they always need more DMs. Right. Yes. You know, I might try that next year because I really like DMing. I think I'm good at it. Um, and You are. So yeah. If you we, do, I will we... go and I will sit at your table yeah, and because I think I'd have that's more, a good time. I honestly think I'd have more fun playing a public game as the dungeon master than as a player. It's unfortunate also, but true. But like... I have mentioned it on this podcast before. I don't know if I've mentioned it to you, Ruth. I may have. Uh, at Red Caps on Thursdays, there is a LGBT and women's table. That is only LGBT and women, and it is consistent. Uh, the runner, the person who runs it, uh, Catherine Wraith, they um, update it online on Facebook like weekly and stuff like that. So if anybody ever does want to try a game and you are a woman or of the LGBT community in any capacity... Go there yeah, and, and, actually, and, right. and try right. it out or play regularly. Near, it doesn't matter. If you live anywhere near Lancaster, Pennsylvania, uh, the Farbo Co. gaming store is really yeah. uh, very inclusive and has a lot of women DMs and uh, LGBT groups that come in. So They help out a lot of packs so as yeah. well. My question is for D&D 2, should Dr. Ruth DM the game? Can we use your setup and Does have her DM Does Dr. Ruth want to? It doesn't matter to me. I, mean, I, she I might, just know because I know you DM want, the game. She I might know want you. to play. That's the other thing. I play yeah. a lot. I don't mind DMing. That's what, Well, that's why I asked is because I know that you that was your baby initially, so I didn't know if that was something My that you would want to do. My baby is based on uh, the movies that we've grown up with. <laughs> bullshittery. <so laughs> bullshittery. I, I think it's, uh, sometimes people underestimate how much time prepping D&D takes. It takes a lot, yeah. especially when you have a full-time job that yeah. overworks you. Yeah. Like, I, I played twice last weekend because I have an embarrassment of riches of different D&D groups and my IDM Saturday yeah. and, and then the next day I went and played a game and I was like I was thinking about I had a great time I had a D&D full weekend it was amazing I should not complain some people, <laughs> no, some people can't find that. any That's groups great. to play with I have two I'm jealous. that I meet regularly but the second one I was the player and not the dungeon master and I was like thank god because I could not have run yeah. two different sessions in I'm the same sh- weekend yeah I'm sure there's one no guy way. I follow on TikTok and he is currently in five different games yikes and he DMs one of them and he realized he was sitting at the table with the wrong character sheet in front no. of him when somebody no. called him by the different name no. that was on the character sheet and he goes oh no and they're oh, like wait the what shits, dude. they're like uh <laughs> so guys yeah this thing but uh yeah it, it becomes very stressful to even be a player in multiple games because you have to keep everything everything in order and in, that's why if, in, in I've, track. if i've ever had if i've ever had a situation where i am playing as two different characters in different games uh i i never make both of them a spellcaster yes <laughs> because make one I a martial character yeah yeah because otherwise i start getting mixed up about which character has access to which spells or make both of them right. paladins because then the, the yeah. headcaster so it equals out like if i'm playing a cleric my other character is a monk <laughs> yeah uh that can be rough that 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 monk's the high enough level that can be just as bad as a spellcaster levels it's not too bad though because yeah. you just have to manage key points and that's not anyway yeah. the listeners don't care or know about this <laughs> no. so we need to... you should go find so, out though you so, should not not care you should go find out and so, educate yourself on fun times jeff i want to know the story about what happened with this guy at the oh, comic sorry. book store with goldberg right. uh, i need this, to know this this is going to be interesting because i'm also really vibing your jeffrey dog story right oh now. yeah so many the many the uh, wonder dog is sitting here and is taking up all of jeff's time we Jeez. actually thought that mini was going to be like all over greg but we uh she was a little we wrong. bit I mean, James, cool. James brought me Minnie the Wonder Dog, I, and then James was in here just threw her on his shoulder. I thought he was gonna like spin her around in the air <laughs> so and throw I. her, yeah, and then like she's a javelin. Just like, uh, I'm gonna go over to this. She's guy. the coolest she's dog, like, man. No, kind of me. I'm like James. Come on. Yeah, she's the coolest yeah, dog, she's man. She's super chill. So uh, I'm working at the comic shop, and one of our regular customers, he's like a big WWE fan and everything like that. And like, I like WWE. Mm-hmm. I mostly just like Goldberg and other wrestlers. But it's how can cool. you not like Goldberg though? That's a thing. So I'm 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 trying to like be social with him because he's like kind of a like, guy, a guy. There. And I'm like, oh, did you 
did you check out the Goldberg Fiend match? He goes, yeah, I caught that. And I'm like, I'm guessing you take the Twitter opinion like everybody else does. Like, just kind of joking. He's like, I don't even understand why you would do that. Goldberg, he's just, he's like, he's ancient. Why would you do that? He's, 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 he's an old. three. Yeah, he's like, he's an old far. I'm like, he's, he's in his fifties. And also like, come on, like it's, what the it's Goldberg. Fuck, dude? He's like, you know what? They just don't understand the organization. You gotta have faith in your new guys. I'm like, yeah, but also you have to create a st- you have to create a story. I have to respond to all of this in a second. Yeah. Go ahead, yeah. And he's just a like, Goldberg. I mean, come on, he's not even that great of a wrestler. He has two fucking moves. I'm like, get the fuck out. So does Bray Wyatt. Yeah, like, yeah. don't even give me this. Like, oh my god, and I one can't of them it. he stole from mankind. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. He stole it from Mick Foley. Right. And and he's just like. I mean, you could even tell, like, the last good Goldberg match was that match that he had against The Undertaker. I'm like, you literally just complained about him being too old, and you're talking about two old farts yeah. wrestling, yeah. and it being like, the most interesting match. I'm talk like, about you, old I'm fart. like, you need to leave. I, I appreciated Undertaker. Adam's He's 53 just now, because it had the same energy to me as the time he yelled, it's an inch taller! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That'd be my favorite moment. From it, it, was, it was just absolutely ridiculous. I'm like, all right, dude. When, when, I, like, get I, the I, fuck out of my store, and, man. And like, yeah. I was just like, all right. I'm I'm done trying to connect with you. I'm like now you're actually just pissing me off because you're just you're just upset that it didn't end the way that you want to. Just say that and then we can move on. He's like oh, Goldberg, he's such like a shit, huh? Right? And I'm like, all right, you're getting on my last nerves. Like, you wait, what stop. did he say now about? He's like, oh, Goldberg, he's fucking terrible. Am I right? Like talking to other people, like oh ga- my God, like dude, get the goading fuck. me at this right, point, right? And it just gets to a point where he says something like, oh, Goldberg, he fucking sucks. I'm like. One, no cursing in the store. Two, pack your shit. Get the fuck out. Dude, like, I, yeah. no cursing I'm, in the store, Jeff. I'm allowed to. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's in charge. Yeah. Uh, do what I say, not what I do. Right. Oh, I believe okay. that was. And, I believe that was John Lennon that said that. Yes. And I'm flipping out of this guy. He's like, "What? Uh, you know, all right, I'll stop." I'm like, "I don't care. You're out. Like, you're making Dude. a disturbance. You're annoying me, and you're only doing it to get laughs and a rise so, out of people. Get the fuck out of my store." And he's still complaining to a point where I just take a a trade paperback and I whip it past his head. That's awesome. And I'm like, get the fuck out. And everybody's like, I've never seen Jeff that angry. You're really passionate about Goldberg. I'm like, no, he was just pissing me off that much. Yeah, like, he's a, a douchebag. Yeah. It's like, he's being a dick and a he can complain yeah. and I don't yeah. care because he doesn't spend any money here anyway. So <laughs> I just, I, so wait a second. Let me see if I understand this correctly. Those, so this guy, those idiots are the best. They complain about shit and yeah. don't spend any money in the comic book store. You fucking idiot. The neckbeards. It's a, a one off proprietary store. Right. Spend money at the, at the place when you walk in. Just Even get something. One fucking comic. Buy $2 spend- and 50 cents. Spend some fucking money. Like, it's, help like, it's him out. Magic. It's, it's yeah, magic night, bucks, so they're there anything. to play Magic the Gathering, but he never Buy one buys pack. anything. Stop buying shit on Amazon Here, all so the wait, fucking time. So wait a Sorry. second. Go ahead. No, no, that's okay. That's right. I, I, I understand because you want to support small businesses, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, just take five bucks and they're buy something. They're my favorite small businesses. So let me get this right. So this fucking neckbeard is in the store arguing with you about Goldberg fighting Bray Wyatt. Yes. And then says that the last good Goldberg match was the match that he had in Saudi Arabia with The Undertaker. Yes. Where he knocked himself clean the fuck out in the first 30 seconds of the match. Yep. (laughs) Why do people like this exist? I don't know. Like, what the fuck? Dude, okay. All right. Okay. Hold on. Yes, let the hatred flow through you, young Skywalker. Speaking of old farts, though, didn't The Undertaker debut in... 
WrestleMania three. The Undertaker debuted in Survivor Series 1990 or 89. Something like that. The Undertaker's been wrestling since like the beginning of years time. Ago. You right? can't argue that Goldberg shouldn't be wrestling because he's old that and at the same time be anything. like, the Undertaker's yeah. great. Like, that, that, yeah, no, you can't say Goldberg is bad and Undertaker is good because Goldberg's age. old. And yeah, they're the same age. Like, okay, so uh, Goldberg knocked himself. I've, you've ne- no one's ever wrestled in Saudi Arabia before except for these guys, right? And it's 100,000 100, degrees. They're out in the middle of the, the desert. Yeah. The heat, there's no enclosure inside the stadium. Goldberg slipped. He botched a move. He'll tell you he did it. And he ran to the fucking ring post and knocked himself out. He gave himself a concussion. Oh, man. They, and I think the Undertaker was hurt as it was. They should have stopped that match. But instead, they kept going. I'm just Goldberg almost hurt a little under- embarrassing. But it, it is. I mean, yeah. But he was, he will tell you, it was hot. It was a, yeah. it, he was not fully prepared for how hot it was going to be there. And he slipped and knocked himself out. No, Goldberg you, you almost. actually hit on the point of like why I love the theatricality and idea behind professional wrestling. But sometimes I can't. I feel like I can't get into it because I don't. I always end up getting concerned about the safety of. The oh yeah, yeah. And I really don't think there are some times that seriously. Sometimes well, they so literally just a, shit themselves. There is yeah. a good. Like that's not. That's not. Good. There's a good. I mean, there's a good case to be made for that. I mean, yeah. Vince McMahon did not cancel a, a pay per view event after Owen Hart fell to his death. He fell like 79 feet yeah. under the turnbuckle. Yeah. And they finished the pay per view. So yes. There is a solid argument that could be made. I mean, there's a, there's a there's an argument that could be made for that. But why do you think the Hearts want nothing to do with WWE I mean, because of the yeah. treatment of that well, of, of Owen and Brett? I mean, Brett. There was there's a whole thing about that too, and it's it's it's. But yeah, it, I, I know it's, it's like peripherally. I don't know. Yeah, a lot of details, it's it's, it's a it's, whole it's thing. Yeah, thing that I'm sort of like. No. He's okay. uh, Dude died at the on end air. of the day. Yeah. No, Vince McMahon, kind of a piece of shit, but oh, also, okay, and like to borrow from John Oliver, there's some wonderful pieces where people are just beating the shit out of Vince McMahon. Yeah. And it's just the most delightful thing to see. Yeah. Well, it's it's just I I am just so fucking over people not understanding why Vince McMahon did what he did with Goldberg and why they put took the belt off of the Fiend. But like, you're gonna sit there and tell me that. You don't but, want the but, Goldberg to wrestle because he's 53, but The Undertaker is just as old and he's still good. <clears throat> like, fuck yourself. Fuck yourself. I, it is a shit you. opinion. I don't know what, like, that's a, <laughs> that's a, the shittiest take of all time. No, but that's a, that gets back to our whole thing of some people just, their, their way to engage with a thing as a fan is to be annoyed and loudly angry about something. Yes. Because yeah. often the people who that's their problem, what they're saying ends up being hypocritical, internally inconsistent, or something. It's, it's like a like, circular because, narrative, yes, right. Because they're just, they're so hyper fixated on this is the thing I'm annoyed about. Right, right. There, there's yeah. one thing, especially it's, the WWE fans always forget, and they always say, listen to fans, listen to fans. They do listen to you, and guess what? Yeah. They have billion-dollar demographics put out on you fucking people, and they do listen, and they do know what is best for business because they do know what's going to sell. That's Because why they, they put the this. belt on Goldberg, they have good reason for it, and it's called their wallet. That's why that's they it. did and it. The other reason they're boosting that's, business. That's, it's that is be, it's it. best merchandising for business. And that's but what it. you said earlier in your retrospective of everything is that you're getting ready for the big pay per view. You're yes. getting ready for WrestleMania season. And I brought this up with this guy. I'm like, you do realize that Goldberg's not going to have the belt, and no, honestly, gonna it's probably going to go tops. to someone like Roman Reigns. Yeah, and then you're going to have Bray Wyatt, Roman Reigns, and people are going to want the Fiend to win. He's like, no, no, no. The fans aren't going to want the villain to win. I'm like, literally, the Here's whole Stone Cold Steve another, Austin era was right. the villain. Villain winning the belt. I could talk about this all day long, right? Like, I'm telling you, like, Goldberg is a transitional champion. 
Okay, they had they boxed himself into a corner with creative to putting the belt on the fiend. Right, he beats Finn Balor, he beats Seth Rollins for the he wasn't supposed to beat Seth Rollins for the belt. Let's put that out there. Yeah, that creative was changed very last minute. After that shit show that was Hell in a Cell, which we've talked about in the archives, yep. uh, and they put the belt on on Bray Wyatt on, on Halloween in Saudi Arabia. It was never supposed to happen. That character does not need. It, he's like Jake the Snake, right? Yeah. Jake the Snake Roberts is over no matter what happens. He doesn't need a fucking title. He doesn't need it. Rowdy Roddy Piper. They don't characters <laughs> like that. They don't need titles because they're always going to be over, right? Nobody's yeah. going to remember their title reign. Same thing with the Fiend, right? How are you if, – if the whole purpose of the, the Roman Reigns and King Corbin feud for the past, like, 18 months has been to get Roman Reigns over with the fans, yeah. who are you going to cheer for in a match between The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, and Roman Reigns? You're going to cheer for fucking Fiend. Yeah. You're, you're going to ruin 18 months of groundwork you just did with Roman Reigns to get him over with the fans. Put the belt on a transitional champion like Goldberg and get it over with because you're going to promote you're going to you're going to elevate Roman Reigns yep. at the fir- in the also, first place. I think sometimes transitional champions are useful in times of like a champion is tired or right. hurt and needs to heal. Psycho Sid was the same way in the in the 90s. Yeah. He was a transitional champion. They, he they, was hurt behind the scenes. They didn't want to expose it, so he lost the title. He, they had to drop the belt to somebody. Right. Right? It's the same but idea. But then there's other or like a whole bunch of times in the 90s. Exactly, yeah. right. They have you have these specific Psycho Sid's a great example of that, right? Bret Hart had to, they had to drop the belt and then Shawn Michaels got injured Diesel they were trying to elevate Diesel the next only next person that was available was Sid they put the belt on Sid for like yeah. three months and then at Wrestlemania you Diesel the beats fuck yes right. I do and that's what happened that's how they do it it's, yeah. it's but like I, it just drives me insane that these people who have never written storyline they've never been involved in the business they don't know what the fuck they're talking about they're a- walking around acting like they're spouting gospel because uh, the fiend should have had to build the fiend should have Goldberg's too old and it's like they're gonna forget about they're gonna forget about it in the, like two months the performative outrage is insane they're saying oh they buried the fiend they did this the fiend's already fucking over again with the John Cena storyline but you know it's actually interesting to me the way you say they're gonna forget about it in a few months because I think you're right but I also wonder then what is the they're they're they clearly think they're getting some value out of being angry right yes. now like they, they're and maybe this is this is what we're coming back to here is like we just don't understand that kind of fanning and I don't right. think I don't think it's healthy it, full circle but Ruth just went full circle yeah I think it, I think it's a combination of because it is a storyline yeah but it's also a sport I as a Flyers fan get really really upset whenever the Flyers lose. Who wrote this story? Yeah. yeah, I can't yell who wrote this story. Thanks. I have to yell at the coach, like, get your shit together. Get these players in line. You know what, Drew? Shoot the puck more. You know what, Voracek? Why the fuck are we paying you this amount of money and you're playing like shit? That's that's actually the the really weird situation we a lot of live stream D&D okay. shows are running into now is fans, because it is more, back to D&D, 5e is more Always narrative. Uh, and Always. a lot of the shows are more narrative, even mm-hmm. though they have the combat thing, and that's fun to watch for me too. Uh, they're running into an issue now, I think, with, within the fandoms where people, you know, it's it comes out however often it comes out, and if they're at a place in the storyline where something bad is happening or the people don't like where the story's going right, currently, right. they you they have you haven't seen a resolution of the storyline, which the, those same people who are currently annoyed about it might like. Right, they're stuck right. in this moment of like this is the hard moment, this is the low point. Right. They complain about that, but then because no one is writing it, because it is not like it's just people playing out improv and like it's mm-hmm. all influenced by dice. You you end up then yelling at the D and D players as if they were the sports coach, right, and there's exactly, this really right. odd combination of well, different there, sort of angry fan so groups happening be, there. Exactly. To Go be ahead. specific about that, there was one point where I was angry at 
all of the players except for Towson Jaffe when they were constantly sidetracking from his story thing and they kept trying he he was trying to push it trying to push it trying to push it and they were all just like oh well i want to go shopping for like three fucking episodes and i'm like i want to see Wait, what, what part are you talking about when the... when they try to go to um the menagerie with the the stones oh I, see i read that totally differently i thought talison was trying to avoid that storyline i thought that he himself wanted to but the character was avoiding it oh interesting i thought he wanted to further that he kept mentioning it and dropping it, and they kept trying to like, okay, let's go, let's go, let's go, and then they were like, oh, but I want to go get this bullshit, and it's like, I, just I do the thing with know, Caduceus it, Clay, please. It's inter- I want to see the thing. It's interesting please do because it. I did not interpret that that way, and that's fascinating because, yeah. like, again, I think this is another thing you run into is like we because it's people sort of live improving, and I guess it's the same with sports players. We don't actually know their interiority. We're just no, sort of yeah. in, we're all interpreting it, and we might interpret it differently. Yeah. And then if you end up having a response that's like, and it's totally reasonable to like be annoyed because yeah. of how you're interpreting it, but then to uh, to sort of directly place that on people yeah, and I, at I, the people on I Twitter, never, and, which some people never do, message yeah. anyone yeah, because I knew it's no. just a game. Like, you know, be responsible for yeah. your own emotions. It's just a game, like, man. Just like, a lot, you know, you can feel how you want to feel, but take some responsibility for your own emotional right. yeah. response yeah. to at, stuff. At, <laughs> and, at the and end of the day, what? enjoy what you enjoy. Let other people enjoy what they want to enjoy. Right. And you know what? It's okay. There's there's a balancing act of being vocal about something and then also not shitting on other people. Yeah. And that's yeah. the biggest problem with fandoms. And speaking of fans, something that I want to pitch for next show is that there is a fanatic that I would like mm-hmm. to get into oh, mm-hmm. yes. next week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, they, yeah, there was a lawsuit that happened, the right? Lawsuit yeah. Yeah, the fanatic lawsuit and the fanatic what the fanatic actually is, Ruth. No, see, stop telling lies about this. Oh, I don't boy. care. No, I, I'm going we'll, to... We'll go he into is next a, week. He is yeah, a mythi- he's no, a, he's not. He's a mythical creature. He is so, not. So in two weeks' time, we're going to find... We, are, we had this. to reschedule the breakfast meet-off super showdown because Joe had to work this morning. Uh, so we'll have our breakfast it, meet-off work. super showdown in two weeks, and we will talk about this... Jeff and Dr. Ruth argument. About well, actually, I can't make it in two weeks, so Jeff will just be here. No, I refuse. On me. I, I refuse we will talk to about engage it the next time until both you of are you here. Are here yeah. okay. and we don't have meat shoved in our mouths. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that, we will see you in two weeks, everybody. Play. All right, we'll see you. Thanks. Why am I saying thanks for what the fuck am I doing? Okay, we'll see you in two weeks, guys. <laughs> you idiot! Like I'm at work. Foundation Radio is produced and recorded by Adam Barnard and Sam Kreps. Our intro music is Ugly by Dumb Ugly. Our outro music was recorded by Jason Sylvester and Carl Pinnell. Special thanks to Greg Mead, Joe Keen, and Jeff Quinn. Leave a five-star rating and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Foundation underscore radio. Find us on Facebook at Foundation Radio Pod. This has been a Foundation Radio production. Thank you.